Hello, and welcome to An Unconventional Guide to Success, where we are exploring concepts and discussing real-life examples, showing that the path isn't linear and the journey to success is self-defined. My name is Linda Misagatis. And I'm Scott Montgomery. And we will be your guides. You know, Scott, what I'd love to talk about um, now is leadership. Um, you know, so if we jump into uh, into this episode and really kind of uh, focus in on leadership and, you know, yeah. how I define leadership, uh, this is one of my favorite quotes, um, and I've changed the words a little bit because it says he and I changed it to she, but um, a leader <laughs> is best when people barely know she exists. When her work is done, her aim fulfilled, they will say we did it ourselves. And that's by Lao Tzu. But w- tell me, like, how do you define leadership? I define leadership as inspiring and motivating others towards achieving a common goal with a positive end result. I like that. I like that. And this definition, you know, covers all the ways that I strive to be a leader as an entrepreneur, as a father, as a friend. What I like about what you just said too, is that I apply this, whether I'm a father, a husband, an entrepreneur, you know, a friend, because I think that that is a really important component is that leadership is not business only, right? Yeah. It's not all business. It's not all just, um, and you know, there's a great book by Robin Sharma that it's, um, the leader, uh, who has no title, I think is the name of the book. I've been reading that and it's been, um, a really great book to read as well, because it does, it does really speak to this fact that sometimes we get very caught up in the fact that, um, if you're a leader, you have to have a title that that somehow that defines you as in leadership and that, um, but that's not true. Um, there are so many amazing leaders out there that have absolutely no title or no status or anything else. They're just really amazing leaders. Well, uh, you know, it's funny because one of my favorite quotes of this entire book, and I I just pulled the book up because I want to make sure I read the quote exactly right. And I want to make sure we get this point across, but it's your, it, it's, it's around the notion that it's not in business and it's not about being a boss and it's not about being anything. And, and the quote that I'll read from the book says, and it's the last sentence, um, leading myself with awareness of being aligned with my values, having empathy for myself and setting an example for those who look to me for leadership came into full view from the seat of my bike. Oh, interesting. So talk about that. Well, that's why I wanted to do that quote. I love that quote and I love the power of it complementing what you just said about the notion that leadership comes in different flavors as an entrepreneur, as a father, as a friend, right? Yeah. And and as a business owner. When I did a triathlon in 2013, it was an Ironman. I got disqualified for taking my hands off the handlebars to stretch out my lower back. I don't know what the rule was. It's long and complicated, dreary story, but I did want to communicate a different end result as a leader to my children when I came back to the finish line. Yeah. So I made a choice against my amygdala hijack in the moment. Yeah. That had me so upset that I had trained all this time, had me so upset that I was disqualified and I wasn't clear on the rules, had me so upset that as I'm riding my bike back, I remembered I had conditioned myself to make a choice. I I could make a choice. And so I did. I made a choice to show up at the finish line early with a smile on my face. And it was because I knew that my children were going to look to me to how I was going to respond to this setback. Yeah. Yeah. When I got there, 
my children were, what is going on? And I said, can you believe? And I made it an experience that actually had me meeting the winner of the race. It actually had me getting race tickets to the next race. And most importantly, and most fun is I tried the race again the following year, and my kids got to moderate my heat's kickoff because I had made friends with the people who had disqualified me the year before when they were going over the rules and regulations in the year that I was redoing it. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, what a great story. And that's leadership. And it came into full view from the seat of my bike, not from UVA's Darden School of Law or whatever that's called. And not in my office telling people how to do their job as a delegator. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And I think that's a really good thing that you just said there too, is that um, there's a difference between being a leader and being a manager um, because, you know, you can, you can tell people um, how to do their job or what to do and just guide and direct from a task perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you can lead people in a way that you're, yes, exactly. Through empowering them, which is why I love that quote so much is because for me, um, I don't need to be recognized as a leader to be viewed as a leader. You know, that's not what's important to me. Like what's really important to me is that I am helping to guide other people to help lift them up. And, and that was really important to me really from a female empowerment a bit, because I didn't always, um, I don't think that I've had many women in my life that I necessarily looked up to as leaders or mentors or, or examples, because a lot of the women that I had seen, um, throughout my career were people who had, um, who had probably risen through the ranks on the backs of those other women who helped, you know, get them there. Um, but rather than reaching back down to give a hand up to those who follow, they instead embraced a whole different way of looking at things and kind of forgot where they came from. And I think that I always kind of vowed to be the kind of person, a female leader, um, leader in general, whether it be women or men, is that, um, that I don't forget how I've gotten where I have in life and that I always remember to reach back and offer a hand up. You know, we've talked about it through this whole series that um, you you don't get anywhere by yourself. It's all been through uh, relationships and partnerships and the people that we've met along the way. And oftentimes we forget that because we'll get to a certain place and we're like, oh my goodness, look what I've accomplished, you know, and we pat ourselves on the back for a job well done. Right. But we do forget to look back and remember all of the people that helped us to get where we are. And so it's really important to me in life that I, if I can get a step forward, then maybe I can reach back and help somebody else, you know, take that step forward as well. And even if in their career or their life, they far exceed anything that I do, I, that's a proud moment for me to be like, wow, I'm so happy for that person. And if I played even a tiny role in it just makes me feel good. Um, you know, again, I don't need credit or anything like that. I'm not looking for that. It's more of just a feel good moment to go, Hey, I played a role in that. And that's kind of cool. So. Paying it forward is so important. And I I hear you. What the irony of what I just heard you say about how not many women led your charge and supported yeah. you. I would say that majority of the support I got through my career was from women. 
Which is so fascinating to me, right? Because it's it's a weird dynamic, I think, sometimes because um, where women do, again, still have a tendency to, I don't know if it's the mothering aspect in us, um, where we do have a tendency then to come back and we will um, help guide and mentor, um, you know, uh, uh, our male colleagues or our male friends. But oftentimes we are not nearly as generous with uh, with each other and in really helping and supporting one another. Um, and yet we talk about, you know, women empowerment and live women's live and all this kind of stuff, but women are, are probably the cruelest to each other, which is really just a fascinating dynamic to me. And I've watched that so much throughout my career and leadership, which is why it's been a little, I mean, it's a kind of disappointing to me a bit that I can probably only point to maybe two women in my career that, that really had any type of a real impact um, on me. And I think really kind of emulated the type of person leader I wanted to be. Most of my, um, my mentors, my guides uh, along the way have all been men. Um, and you know, and that's, that's really how unfortunate is that, right. That, that I shouldn't be, that I should, I should be able to look back and think, you know, I've seen these or even look forward because I can honestly say, I don't, even today, there aren't really many women in my life that I go, wow. Okay. Those are the kind of women I want to be. So that is so fascinating and a complete 180 for me. I'm literally, while you're talking, counting the nine women I reference in the book as being significant <laughs> contributors of your, yourself included of, of said nine yeah. that really made a difference in the trajectory of it, certain intersections of my life, whether it yeah, was, yeah. And, and I'm talking mostly business. Think right, about that. Right. And, and so it's funny, there's been a few men and mostly those relationships have ended in sour sort of not productive environments. So it's just interesting to me how and over the course of our talks we mirror each other's experience i'm sorry mirror each other's intent and don't mirror yeah. our experiences like, yes yeah like we're no, so it's the same true. so interested in the same end result but boy how we got there is always sort of like completely odd odds yeah apart. yes it's right. so true. Well, which fits, fits nicely with the, with what we've talked about is that, you know, really that um, at no path is exactly the same yeah. and that, you know, and so it is much different. And even if the um, outcome ends up being the same, how you got there um, isn't, isn't often that same experience, which is, which is why it's so important for, you know, and what we're trying to really put talk across about. in our, yeah. yeah, is to talk about is to say, that's okay. Um, you know, it doesn't mean that my experience is right and your experience is wrong. Um, it's just simply that it's different um, and it's fascinating. And it just goes to show um, that, um, you know, I don't know if it's the what's put in front of you, if it's the path, if it's the journey, if it's the opportunities or where it comes along. But but it's a fascinating road and it it develops us all in, in that way by those experiences and the people and the thoughts, you know, that we have along the way. It, it's all this, it's how we get here, you know, which is is really kind of the the whole purpose of what we've been talking about. I think it's really funny what comes up for me when you're talking about this. And it's really um it's really interesting to me in this next phase or chapter of life that we're in. I was with a friend of mine who's a recently published author talking, and we are finding ourselves talking at this level without a podcast and cameras on us. And we're going back and forth. And he is uh, more my demographic. We understand each other on certain levels. And the things that we go deep on 
I'm always fascinated, have such an interesting connection, even though the road traveled was either paved or gravelly for either one of us. The experience was the same. So one of the things that I said to him yesterday, as a matter of fact, was, do you think creating a podcast and writing a book, and he also wrote a book, and I'll ask this of you too, do you think, because we're doing this podcast together, people aren't so different and that we're just starting to talk about it. And isn't that going to benefit the next generation to realize your relationships matter, your communication matters. And we're not sitting here claiming to tell you masculine or feminine relationships. And I'm not sitting here claiming to tell you text or body language, but just being aware of all of that in the, uh, the advancements of those in your career 100% 100% matter to anyone I've talked to who will let me talk to them about it. Yes, I think it's a really good point. It is very interesting. And I couldn't agree with you more that it is if we can come to the realization that we're not saying that our experiences are all the same, right? Mm. Or even how we cope with those experiences. <laughs> but at the end of the day, everyone is pretty much the same in the fact that we all go through these challenges. We all have different experiences that that happen. And I even think like oftentimes um, I'll watch things because I have a real fascination with just the psychology of, of you know, kind of like why people make decisions that they do. And when, especially when you listen to situations with, um, you know, this is going to sound awful, but with serial killers or in, in those situations where, you know, well, I was abused, well, I had a terrible home life, but then you'll have, um, you know, someone else who then has this who led a horribly abusive life um what and rises from the ashes and goes on to do amazing things in life and does not choose to victimize themselves and choose to react in different ways and and that's what i find so fascinating about it is that if we could get to a place where we just recognize that we all have had experiences good and bad and that we've had situations that occur to us um good and bad. Um, and that maybe if we had a little more compassion and understanding for one another and that we didn't feel the need to be like, well, but my pain is greater than your pain, um, that maybe we could get to a place where, um, our communication would be better, our our compassion and empathy, better, our compassion and empathy. And that, you know, we would find ourselves in a much different, place. Um, and I, I do find that what, what I, along what you were saying there too, is that I do find the younger generation does seem to be a much more accepting generation. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because, you know, they've grown up in a, in a uh, clearly exposed to so much more. Right. Mm -hmm. And so all of the conversations that are happening in the world today, they're exposed to, to so much of that. And I think what's interesting through that is they probably are a lot less inclined to point out all the differences about one another. They do have a tendency to be a little more accepting of, of each other and who each other are. So we hope you enjoyed this episode of an unconventional guide to success. In each episode, Scott and I will share experiences and relationships that have shaped us. An Unconventional Guide to Success is an inspirational, motivated series hosted by Scott Montgomery and Linda Misigatis, recorded on Riverside.fm, music, editing, and production by Logan Misigatis. 
check out Scott Montgomery's new book, How Did You Get Here? and all the helpful related materials at www.howdidyougethere.com. Thank you for joining us on our journey. If you would like to reach out to us, our contact information is in the show notes. 